topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome listeners, you are joined today by host Gavin Nash um, and I'm joined for the third time, third and final time, hopefully not final forever, but for this little um, series of articles by and uh, I'm joined by um, or with Antonia Gapes from our Sunshine Coast office. Welcome Antonia. Hi Gav. Thanks for joining us again. We've been um, having some good feedback on our um, little series here. So for anyone that has missed the previous two episodes, get back on them. It's a podcast. You can listen to them any time. But uh, Antonia has been running us through seven life events, large life events that can make a big difference to you from a um, you know, financial perspective. Um, we've been through quite a few items and today we are getting on to a couple that um, – that a lot of people do come across in their lives, so they're very relevant for a lot of people. The first article is called Getting Married, and the second article is called Having Children. So we're looking at these two, Antonia, purely with a financial lens. Correct. And look, these two are a bit like the ones that we spoke about last week, Gav, that they're good to talk to people when they're starting out. We like to get people at the starting line uh, rather than as they're about to cross the finish line when they are journeying through life and starting to build assets and, and think about uh, the impact of some events that might actually derail their, their life plan. So it's good to be able to talk to people as they're setting out, getting married and then moving on and having children. Great. And it's sort of, uh, it's so relevant for a lot of people. And look, um, you know, the, the reality of, of marriage for a lot of people is that it, it happens earlier in life, you know, when maybe you haven't got the smarts or you haven't got the uh, life experience to know the financial implications of of, of a marriage and what that what that means but look we'll get started with the getting married for anyone that any of the listeners too if you want to have a read of these articles they're all on our news page of mulkay.com.au so um seven life-changing events so this one's getting married so um I- interesting that uh you know you've sort of um said in the article there antonio that you know honor and obey um may not be the mainstream in vows, but, you know, regardless, there is another person to consider and whose back you have once you get married. Yeah. And look, and what we do see very t- typically when we do get in front of a couple who are thinking about, all right, we want to make sure that we're looking out for each other. We've got some provision in place. So if something were to happen to me, the other person is okay. And quite often we're looking at scenarios where they're writing themselves off, they're out of the equation, they've passed away, um, and it's a life event that's actually occurred. And and statistically, that is not as likely to happen as some other events that are more likely to happen statistically. Um, but that is the consideration that most people come in, that if something were to happen to me, we want to make sure that they're okay, they could stay in the house, that get through okay. So there, there is that idea of um, having the excitement of a wedding, and it does it can take a little while for people, for the penny to drop, to think, okay, we've, we've been through that, we've been through the ceremony and that process, but what does this actually start to look like moving forward? And typically, it is when people get a mortgage and, and they're thinking about, okay, what does this now start to look like? What should we be putting in place? So it is a great time to actually sit with an advisor. And I think that that's the main thing, isn't it? That the family home, or you know, a lot of people like to put down roots and say, look, I'm going to buy an investment. Um, I'm going to live in it um, as my home. Um, these days, you know, that's a that's potentially a 30-year commitment, depending on how well you yeah. go paying off your house. But I can still remember, I'm old enough, Antonia, to remember that, you know, there used to be sort of 20-year home loans, then it went to 25, and now we're up to 30. So um, potentially, you know, 
in the next sort of few years, they might even be sort of up to sort of 35-year home loan. So I think when you look at something that far ahead, which is what marriage is, I suppose a lot of people go into it thinking hopefully this is it, this is my life partner forever, but the financial implications of that 30 years at the very least for that home loan um, mean that you need everyone in that, in that, in that marriage protected, don't you, from, for their income. Absolutely, and what I probably, the Tim and Sophie's of the world, you know, the new newly married couple that are looking to get into a home, quite often the question then becomes, well, should we start focusing? So, you know, questions start to get asked that go into other areas other than how do we just protect the home? So it's about protecting your income because obviously that's a major equation for a lot of couples in paying down debt and making the, the bills be paid. And further to that, it should we be focusing on, you know, slamming down the home loan or can we do something else? And so it starts to build on a, a what would build our wealth question rather than what would reduce our debt. So that starts to open up uh, bigger areas of conversation and takes us to other areas that will make sure that we're actually getting a holistic view of what we can actually do to provide for the Tim and Sophie's, the newly married couple. And that is around asset protection. So, you know, a lot of people, their income is a massive asset that we need to protect as well as those physical assets like a house, cars, et cetera, et cetera, that we're starting to build and accumulate. And look, you know, to put this in perspective for some of the uh, listeners out there who may never have thought about protecting their income or whatever, um, if you buy a, a car on a car loan on finance or you buy a home with a home loan, finance, the lender is going to require to see that certificate of currency from your insurer because they want to make sure that that home, if it burns down, is insured because same with the car. If you smash the car, it's insured. So the finance um, company giving you the money want to see that it is insured. So in a lot of ways, that's maybe how we should be sort of treating our income at the same time. Yeah, their keen interest in your income is for their benefit, not for yours. Yes. And what I actually look at is, I know I wouldn't get in my car if it wasn't insured. If, if, if it lapsed for whatever reason and my car was uninsured, I would be riding my bike. I would not get in my car unless it was insured. But the very thing that pays for that insurance is my income. So a lot of people out there are, are running around doing all the things wonderful in life, taking on the risk and, and enjoyment, but their income is not protected and it's paying for everything that they do. So to me, income is a massive asset that needs to be protected and that's what I look to put in place for clients. And there are some big rules and changes that are coming into this space and I know that we've got another article coming on board um, onto the onto the portal around the changes to income protection. It will not look and feel the same as what it does uh, today post-October. So some big changes coming. So if you haven't got income protection or it's maybe not relevant to what you're currently earning, it would be great to be able to have that conversation to make sure we've got it in place before the changes in October. Okay, so that's something for our listeners to think about, that October rolls around. There's some legal changes happening with income protection insurance. So, um, yeah, so the advice is jump in and see an advisor before October, um, financial advisor, about your income protection insurance. That's good good advice. Um, Also, on the uh, end of that uh, article, um, we're talking about... um, uh, you know, let's say, you know, you're in, you're in, you, you get your home loan sorted, you get married and you're in the home and, you know, you're a happy couple. And before you maybe have children, you might have a little bit of extra money and you think, oh, it'd be great, I'll go on a holiday or I'll do something else with it or, or I'll do the right thing and I'll pay that off my home loan. Um, one of the things you've mentioned in there, Antonia, to think about is to have that 
building of wealth conversation about their retirement. Yep. So, you know, and maybe taking a tax advantage of, of maybe even um, making sure that you're contributing to your super in this time when you've got a little bit of extra money. There's a few vehicles that you can use to build your wealth and this actually becomes that conversation around risk profiling and what's your risk appetite because at the end of the day, Australians have a mantra that has been ingrained in us to pay down debt and certainly that is the position we want clients to be in when they're looking to retire, that they have no debts. However, if the conversation is about how can I build my wealth, sometimes it's not focusing on drilling down and making all those extra payments to to debt position with such low interest rates that it's a simple numbers game. Plus we add on the human factor, which is can you sleep at night? Are you comfortable if we go down this path, which we can show will build your wealth, but it doesn't pay down your debt. So if you're not comfortable with that, is this the path that we should be looking down? Quite often people are comfortable to look at those options and see what the comparison is to their wealth position. And in those scenarios, it's finding the right vehicle and investments and solutions to help them to build their wealth. For your young couple, if we put it all into super, and this is something that an advisor will be mindful of with younger people who are getting married, we don't have access to that until age 60 unless there's a, an event, a TPD-style event that occurs in a person's life. So 60 is when we're going to be able to access, and, and that's when we get the, the fruits for our rewards that we've actually been plugging away, putting money into super. For some people, that just seems so far away that it's not the place that they would prefer to go to first. So then again, we start to look at other options. So that's the conversation that an advisor will start to work out. where, where What are our options here? What are important to the client? And what can we start to consider for you to, to be able to build that wealth? And, you know, there can be some tax savings there. Like we're not uh, giving tax advice here or accounting advice, but um, our accountants can do that for you. But, you know, there's contributing to super um, yourself on top of what your employer gives you or what you're putting away for yourself already if you're self-employed um, can be very tax effective too. So it's a worth thinking about like if, you, if you're looking at a tax bill every year saying, well, can I reduce this tax bill and, uh, you know, contribute a little bit extra to super and you know, everyone wins. And uh, as you've said in your article, you know, your, um, your 60-year-old self will, will thank your you know, 30-year-old self for doing it for sure. Yeah, Future You is always very grateful for things that we do very, very early on and small things that we do now consistently make a big impact for our future self. Now, they're great, they're great points and look, um, you know, a, a really good one is to remember that that October change to the legislation is coming up. So great time to, you know, we're... we're Currently on the 1st of April, April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day to you, Antonio. But 1st of April, we'll date stamp the, the uh, podcast. So uh, 1st of April, so you've got a few months up your sleeve to get in and see your financial advisor and have a think about that income protection insurance. I think it's a, a really good... Um, and the way... And just for anyone out there, guys and the listeners who hasn't read the articles, Antonio writes them in a really simple way for everyone to understand. That's the feedback I've been getting from people, Antonio. So well done on that. Um, and she gives sort Thank of real-world examples. So Sophie and Tim are the two other married couple that we talk about in the Getting Married article. So that's great, Antonia. And, and look, a full disclosure there, we're, we're not, we, we have changed names. So these are not the actual client names. I, I get to uh, come up with the names <laughs> that I think that I like to use for these people, but they're not, they're not actual client names. So it's just scenarios that we've used. Yeah, scenarios of, um, of exact, and it just, but it just, I, I love case studies because um, even in my area in marketing, you know, it's great 
to market a business, you know, with a case study. Because there's nothing like hearing it, hearing it and uh, putting yourself in that situation, saying, right, that could be me. Well, that is me right now because I'm a young married couple. We've bought our own house, you know, that sort of thing. So, now, and, and so the articles are written in a very sort of easy way to understand. So, um, sure. Moving on to the second article, Antonio, is called Having Children. So not something that everybody decides to do. I've got some people in my family that have chosen not to, but they're happily married, but no children. But for those of us who have had children or do want to have children, that I suppose those financial questions uh, and implications become a little bit more important as well when there's dependents that come along, that um, not just your partner depending on your income uh, or co-depending on incomes. Uh, all of a sudden there's a couple of young people um, in your life that are depending on your income as well. And it's funny because when we, we talk to people that do have children, uh, quite often the question is, how long do you see your Jaspers, your children being financially dependent? And, you know, you get the blank stare. They, ha they haven't even thought about how long they're going to be providing the financial support to their children. For some people it is as soon as they're 18, they're out of here. If they stay at home, they'll, you know, they'll have to contribute. For other people, it's when they turn, you know, go through uni and finish university, so it may be 23, 24. And for some people who have children with disabilities, etc., it may be a much longer view that they'd be financially dependent on their parents. So, you know, it is a good question to ask, but you will have not only your own partner, but you'll have these financial dependents that you're going to want to see grow, prosper, and, and be happy and healthy people out in the world as well. Absolutely. And I think everybody... Um you know, there's quite a few of us as parents, Antonio, who are a little bit guilty of trying to sort of spoil the kids or make sure that they never have to deal with any trouble themselves. But almost setting yourself up for the security of bringing those kids up and becoming independent adults really does help you then pass that information on to the next generation. And that's sometimes it's the best parenting you can do is to make sure that they are ready for the world once they get to that age, for sure. Yeah, and when we look at uh, this particular case study with Klaus and Cindy, they already had a young child, another one on the way. The concern for them, it wasn't just about paying school fees and can we get them through school. It was if something were to happen to either Cindy or Klaus, Cindy who wasn't necessarily an income earner, but she did a lot of unpaid work. They knew that if something happened to either, that their life would drastically change and they wanted to be able to make sure they could still have a very similar lifestyle to what they had now in any of those, you know, insurable style events. And that was the consideration. So how do we make sure that we, as a family, can still do and be how we are now if something were to happen to, to either of the parents? So that's the consideration that we take on board when we're looking for, you know, family cover and what's actually going to be needed. Then the question can be, you know, if we wanted to put a little bit away for either education costs, and that's, that's a big one. If all the parents are thinking, how can we make sure that we can afford to send them to a good high school or school? And again, the statistics show that with the best of intentions, most parents do plug away and put some money aside for education, future education needs. But that 70% of those funds don't get used for education costs for children. So oh, really? 70%? In, wow. Yeah. It's it's a huge amount. That, so we, we set up with the best of intentions, but life takes a curve. And for whatever reason, it may be that there's other opportunities. The children don't go to the school that they intended. A move happens. Lots of things can actually happen. So having those funds just earmarked for education costs that goes to a provider that only will allow for that payment to go to an education provider, 
makes it very difficult for that pivot to happen for you to be flexible in what you actually might access that money for over time. Right, so there's lots of like different avenues to take when sort of you know putting that money away for the future, I suppose, for the, for the kids for sure. Yeah, I guess the end goal for most advisors would be that we want to build wealth, we want to protect that wealth, and we want to ensure that it benefits those people that you would choose to benefit from it. And as simple as that sounds, that we're only looking at those three areas, it actually starts to uh, touch on areas that go beyond that. So flexibility is super important that, you know, we do know that life is going to throw some curves at us. I look back if I think what I thought would happen 10 years ago, I'd I don't know that I could have forecasted where I'd be and some things that happened. And that's, that's really normal. So being able to have a flexible plan that you can touch on for access to funds with things that may come up in your life, that is an important consideration. And look, um, they're not unusual. Um, did you say Klaus? Is that how you say the, the name? Klaus and Sydney? Klaus, yeah. Yep. So they're not unusual in that, you know, they're starting to think about this probably as second baby comes along because they're starting to think, oh, okay, um, yep, we've already got to the second child here and we're starting prepping in a couple of years' time. So, um, and look, you know, life gets away from you. This is what happens. I've got some adult children of my own. So you start to look back and go, how did all that happen and when did that happen? So it can happen and creep up on you nice and fast, can't it? The days are long and the years are fast. That's <laughs> a saying I do like to go by. And it does it does play out very, very well. And you're right, because I don't, I've don't. i never met somebody who said, look, I've got a good five hours a week that I can give up. I'm trying to fill. Everyone is busy. Their days are full. Time is accounted for. Having a plan, it doesn't take a lot to set it, up, set it up. And again, if we do this at the starting line, it's really easy to tweak as we go along. But having the plan in place to start is such a good position for people to go off, knock around, do all the things that they're going to do in life and have somewhere where they can come back to to ask questions if that needs to change or a situation arises that they didn't plan for. Particularly with Klaus, he is, in this scenario, he's actually self-employed. So... And they're saving for a family, they've, they've got children that they have to consider, very young children. So the other point for having children is also about making sure that with Klaus that we start to have some asset protection as well so that we've got the family home to consider, anything that we're starting to uh, build and save, that it's in an environment that has some credit protection if you are self-employed. Those are all the important things that we're starting to pull together for this particular scenario. And on top of that, with young children, if one of the kids were to be have a trauma event, so uh, have a significant illness diagnosis, to be able to have the parents have child cover within their policies means that they'll get a lump sum payout for whatever the insured amount is so that they can take time away from their work to be able to support the kids and go through that journey with them. So those are the things that we look for for young families, young children that set up a family very well for all the different scenarios that can play out. And I think that's a great piece of advice. That's something that um, Thane down here at uh, in Victoria that sort of helped me out with a long time ago was um, having a, a parent pol- policy. So basically kids insurance. And it's something that I never thought of. And he said, but hang on, what if your 12-year-old was diagnosed with leukaemia? I said, oh, well, yeah, that'd be shocking. And he goes, oh, well, imagine then if you one of you had to give up work to do all the appointments and everything then that affects your everything, you know. So um, not only are you trying to deal with the big life event that's happened, uh, a diagnosis or something, but you th- also then you've got to think about the financial implications. So as you say, um, Antonia, there is the option of having 
some kids cover, I suppose you could call it, into your income protection to make sure that, you know, in that unfortunate event, um, the one thing you're not worrying about is the money. And it doesn't cost a lot to add that on to an adult policy. And I think that's a key piece for parents to know. It's not like another double policy. It actually tacks on to an adult policy. So it is really affordable to do. And look, talking about Klaus and Cindy, you've said in there that Klaus is a landscape gardener. So again, he wouldn't drive out the driveway with his big trailer full of tools and um, lawnmowers and all the stuff that he, without all that being insured in case it got stolen or, or damaged. So I suppose the thing is, you know, uh, insuring that sort of the big asset, which is your income, um, and maybe even, you know, adding on uh, children's insurance or um, onto the side of it can be really beneficial. So um and as you say, look, it, there's always... It is an awareness thing, Gab, I think. Yes. You know, when you do have that conversation, they, the penny kind of drops and they realise that makes sense what you're saying. Yep. So it is it is just an awareness. Getting to talk to people is, is what the important piece is. They can decide what they decide, but just making sure people are aware of the choices that they have, that's the piece that I'm really interested in. And look, for anyone cynical out there listening to this going, yeah, but, you know, how much do you insure? You know, the, the, oh, you've got to insure this, you've got to insure that. My mum was very old school kind of, um, you know, uh, if uh, sort of, uh, but she always believed that health insurance was important. Like make sure you've got your private health cover because if you break a leg, you want to be able to stay in hospital and it's not going to cost you $15,000 to go to hospital. But she was always afraid of that lump sum thing that was going to come up one day, you know, and that's what insurance is. It's kind of, you know, you're almost like you're, you're, you're planning to um, – to stop that, you know, or stop the effect of that big event affecting the rest of your life, I suppose. So, as we said, um, we, we've had um, we've actually had an insurance agent on this podcast before, Tom Mullen from Elders Insurance, and he spoke about um, making sure that you are adequately insured, not overinsured, not underinsured, but adequately insured. And I think that's a good way to, as you say, um, Antonio, the parent um, having the, the children on the policy doesn't triple the policy, double the policy. It's just another added um, extra on the side. Um, and probably su- I was, um, like you said, I was surprised at, at how inexpensive it was to have that TPD lump sum um, uh, or what, trauma lump sum, sorry, onto the policy. Yeah, so um, really good advice for sure. Insurance that is fit for purpose, is, it is important, and just like with our car policy where we tweak around with the excess as to how much we're prepared to self-insure, that is the same for any insurance. It's, it's how much do you need for those scenarios, if it were to happen, that you could breathe, get through it, you'd survive, you wouldn't be worried about having to sell assets, etc. That's what we're looking to insure people for. So you're right, it's not a bonanza, it's not a lotto win that you're actually in a better position. That's totally against the principle of what insurance is for. It is so that you could actually keep continuing on to put a foot in front of each other without having financial hardship. And look, if there's some listeners out there listening to this going, mm, you know, but what's the chances of, you know, one of my kids getting leukaemia or, you know, me breaking a leg and having four months off work, go and ask your close friends and family. There'll be a story straight away. There'll be someone that, that'll, you know, you'll, you'll only have to ask a couple of people and they'll say, I've mentioned in one of the previous episodes, I had a brother that had a stroke, you know, and he couldn't work for about three and a half years. So, that three and a half years was covered with his income protection insurance. So there's a story, you know. So for me, that makes me a believer in this sort of stuff because I, know I could see firsthand how it affected him and his family. So I think um, 
you know, if you're thinking it's a little bit over the top, uh, go and ask some friends and family and then get on and see an advisor for sure. Totally agree. Um, and, and look, I will I will just add in yeah, with sure. Klaus and Cindy, a lot of people have be, have read the Barefoot Mandate book that, that's um, out there. Barefoot Investor, is that the guy out of the newspaper? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could, I could write an SOA uh, in 2018 and still have people read that and take that advice. So, and, and that's the piece there. He has a lot of great advice in that book, without a doubt. And these guys had read The Barefoot Investor, so they were in industry funds, they had done all the things, they had their bucket accounts, but what it didn't take into account was their personal situation. So again, Klaus Asset Protection, all that money that he's saving for the house deposit is actually in a uh, an environment that wouldn't get credit protection. We're looking at industry fund. If we look at, we have that conversation about investments for the first time with people Quite often they move away from the industry funds because they want to be very active in their uh, investment choices now that they're having those conversations. And so move away traditionally from uh, an industry fund if, if that's not going to support what they want to do. So the Barefoot Investor has some really great ideas, but whether it's totally relevant for each person, that's, that's the important piece. It is very, very general. It is information that was written in 2018 and Getting some financial advice that takes in your personal situation, that's the important piece because everyone comes along and they have very individual and unique considerations that an advisor will take take on. Uh, it may be a family complication. It may be their work position. It may be blended family, a host of things. So finding out what we can actually do to make sure the plan is, again, we use that word holistic, that the whole scenario that we can help with the suite of offering that we have we apply that to each person depending on what they come to us with it's funny Antonio. just what you were saying there at the end kind of made me think made me think of you know my dad's advice a long time ago was uh if you want advice for anything make sure you pay for it and i, I sort of remember thinking as a young man you know out there and thinking yeah but dad i can get the free advice on youtube and on online no, no, pay for the advice that you need in life because once you pay someone, it becomes highest priority and they're going to do it for you to the best of their ability. So it's a bit like that. Go ahead, use the Barefoot Investor, do your reading online, listen to a few YouTube clips, whatever you're going to do. A bit like this podcast. Listen to the podcast, go for it. You know, Hopefully it gives, gets you sort of some of the general information you need, but even this podcast is not going to give you the specific information you need for your particular situation. Couldn't agree more. It's a great conversation starter to get some information under your belt to be able to go off and have an, a conversation that is actually more in depth and covers all of the things that you need to be thinking and considering. No, that's great, Antonia. And we have we do have a couple of sort of uh, regular um, sections that we always sort of finish off with, um, and one of them is uh, the twenty two things we've learned in the twenty two years of business here at Mulcahy Co. And look, I think the, the, a really good takeaway to take from today is a two-word takeaway, adequate insurance. Is that is that fair? I would agree. So um, I think you said fit for purpose insurance, think about what you need, talk to an advisor, get it right so that you're not over-insuring or under-insuring because the worst thing you want to, the last thing you want to do um, in the time of an event is to be underinsured, um, and you don't want to be throwing money down the drain by overinsuring either. 
Correct. And there are a few methodologies to getting that number right. So working with somebody to fill in the blanks of, of what that actually looks like is, is a good place to be. Perfect. Um, look, our next section is called our win of the week. I reckon the win of the week that I got out of today's conversation, uh, Antonia, is that October deadline. Can you go into a little bit, just remind our listeners what that October deadline is all about with income protection insurance? Yeah, insurance uh, insurers across Australia have actually had to think about how they can continue to offer income protection. It is a highly claimed policy, so you know it is a loss leader, I suppose, for the insurers. So that's not a, a business that they can stay in. So for them to stay in that business, they need to start looking at what that looks and feels like. And come October, there'll be some restrictions, some limitations, um, some reviews, etc., that will come into place on new policies put in uh, after October that will affect people's income protection and claims uh, moving forward. So being able to consider your insurance needs now, we've got a lot wider scope of what we can consider and limitations and terms that you'll be considered for. And so it puts us in the best position to give you the best outcome for an insurable event. Perfect. So um, normally when these reviews happen, they're never in the favour of the uh, general punter, are they, Antonia? So I think the idea is to get in and see your financial advisor well before October, get something in place so that you're sort of dated before that October deadline for sure. October 2020. Um, and a couple of little reminders too for our listeners. On the 14th of March, um, Antonia and Jody up at our Sunshine Coast office are holding an event um, based around if you're 57 years and above um, or, you're get, or you're heading up to that 57-year deadline um, of your age. Great opportunity to come in and have a listen to this seminar that the guys are running. Um, we've even had a few people, Antonia, over the RSVP looking to maybe um, jump in on a Zoom or, or find out or get a recording of it afterwards. So we'll work our best to make that happen. But look, um, jump on uh, to our Sunshine Coast office, give them a ring, um, speak to Tanya and they'll book you in for that event if you're in the area um, or if you, is, if you are keen to listen in, um, still get in touch with Tanya at our Sunshine Coast office and she will... Um, we'll organise that recording or a Zoom recording of that event. So that's exciting coming up. Um, and just a lot, final reminder about, um, I had a couple of people this week, Antonia, ask me what FS means in FS360. So uh, it means financial security, which is sort of the overall arching uh, aim of what Mulcahy Co. do for our clients every day. So the idea is, um, you know, whatever we do for you, whether that's, you know, marketing or uh, your loans and finance or your accounting or your financial planning, all based around um, a 12-step process we have in place called FS360, Financial Security 360. So, And again, as you said earlier in the program, Antonia, financial security can mean different things to different people. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a, a trillionaire, you know, uh, but financial security for you might mean that um, you want to have a comfortable retirement, you know, or that you want to travel a bit or that you want to um, pay for your grandkids' education or whatever it is. So that financial security um, is our overall aim at the business. Um, so that's why we call this podcast FS360. So, But look, thank you today for your time, Antonia. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, that's great. And that concludes our, our three-episode series with Antonia. So thank you, Antonia, so much for your help and expertise in this area. I think, as I said, I've had some positive feedback from people. So um, you've got a really good way of writing um, your articles. So they're 
really well and, and easily understood by the lay person out there, not just the financial person like me. So um, oh, thank you for all your efforts. And um, we're, we're currently on Easter Thursday, so I'm going to say Happy Easter. Yeah, Happy Easter, everybody. Have a great four days off, guys, and uh, we'll speak to you all uh, in the coming weeks. Thanks, Antonia. Bye. You've been listening to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Financial Security 360 is at the centre of what we do at Mulcahy Co. If you'd like to speak to one of our professionals about a range of individual and business needs, give us a call.